Well, looks like them old Sternobots is at it again. All <laughs> <laughs> oh, them damn Sternobots. <laughs> Dude, somebody in our group made that that uh, what was it, Paladino bite yeah, post, uh-huh. and I'm that so mad at myself that we didn't think of that. I know it's it's really really good. Yeah, yeah. I think the next time that we do a Hellraiser episode full length with the preview palace and stuff, we do like we got it. Yeah, we make redneck one, yeah. Cenobite specifically. Redneck Cenobite. You know. <laughs> oh boy, love John Deere. <laughs> <laughs> Let me tell you what, in life he loved them horny goat weed pills down at the gas station. Them gas station boner pills. I like to imagine redneck pinhead sounds like Boomhauer from King of the Hill. <laughs> Dang old pinhead. Such shots to show you, man. <laughs> man, I'll tell you what, we got some sizes show you later. I don't know. Dang old. <laughs> well, anyway. dead lovely listeners, we are here today to be talking about Hellraiser 2022 on this little mini-sode extravaganza for you guys. This thing just dropped on the Hulu, and yeah. uh, we both watched it. I finished it just an hour or two ago, and we're going to deliver you guys a little spoiler-free review of this thing, then get a little bit more spoilery-like later on as we get into the episode. We'll put a timestamp for that in the podcast yeah. description so we don't uh, ruin anything for you, but... Burnt. You know what? I gotta say, it's probably about what you're expecting. I'm not gonna say there's any major spoilery stuff in here that we could blow for you. There's a twist or two, I guess. I don't think you guess. can spoil a Hellraiser movie beyond the first right. one. You kind of right? know what you're getting into a little bit. Yeah. This one does play with the formula a little bit, a little bit though, yeah, in some ways changed, changed I think are cool. Yeah, yeah, for sure. So, like, spoiler-free, dude, first impressions... What did you think of this thing? I saw your post on uh, on our Instagram page there the other day, and it sounded like uh, you were a little mixed about it. Mixed, for sure. Um, I went into it with, uh, 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 you know, people had gassed it up a lot. Yeah. Like, everything I had read about it was like, wow, man, fucking Hellraiser, bro. <laughs> um, the bros were just blowing up about it. Yeah, I think maybe we should just not listen to critics who get sent stuff to review ahead of time. Because guess what? They're never going to say it's bad. They're never going to. (laughs) What's next? You can't trust YouTube gear reviews either? Right, right. You know why? Because they're getting sent the shit for free. They're not going to say it's bad. By the way, just as a disclaimer to clear my own ass, because I do gear reviews sometimes, uh-huh. I never, ever once and never will have taken money to do a positive review on anything. If any company yeah, sends me cool. something and I try it and I like it and I'm actually going to use it, I will make a video on it. Uh, That's I awesome. I don't do any of that stuff myself. Just to clear my own name right here, because I can see that sound bite popping up somewhere. Yeah. Okay, so so you were saying you you got a little bit amped up because the uh, the ahead what is it called right yeah pre screen reviews were really good yeah so I'm thinking like you know maybe it's gonna be something on the level you know of of the original Hellraiser um and I don't think it is I don't think it's a bad horror movie yeah I don't think it's on the level of the first Hellraiser like even close okay yeah. I mean, and it's, I think it's it, hard to beat. You know, we're always going to have yeah. a hard time beating the original. The first time that we saw Pinhead and the first time we saw the box and yeah. all that. It's it's really hard to top the OG as long as the OG was like good. Yeah. Now, it does it does catch some of the tone. Yeah. But really, it more catches the tone of later Hellraiser sequels 
then it catches the tone of the early Hellraisers, which are the good ones. Mm-hmm. I, I will say, like in terms of that tone, there were moments in this movie that did remind me of the original, which I love. And then there mm-hmm. was, I'll say, the majority of the movie kind of lacked a little bit of the uh, kind of S and M like sexual element of the yeah. original two movies, and it was more just kind of placed in the realm of like violence than anything. Um, and I don't know. Again, a little change up is is fine because otherwise I'm just going to be comparing it to the original. So whenever you take away some of that original feel, it makes me compare yeah. it less to part one. So that's not all bad, but I did kind of miss the extreme, like yeah, like sadist, like sexual element that we got in yeah. the first two flicks. It, it, like if you compare it to the original, like Clive Barker story, and compare it to the Hellraisers we've seen, yeah, it's. It's neutered. It's mild. It's childish in a mm. lot of ways. Like it doesn't you explore mean? it doesn't explore anything complicated. True. It's all just very very like surface stuff with a bunch of violence. And and it's it's almost like they were like, you know, responding to the current uh revival of uh, people being completely prudish as fuck. Mm, and I see, I see. people aren't prudish about violence. They want it, you know, as bad as possible. Um, the the better and more uh, tortured everyone else is, uh, <laughs> the better your life is, as long as you don't see a titty. Um, mm-hmm. Yeah, God forbid. And, and this movie, like, it even, it said graphic nudity, I thought, before the movie. And then Not watching really. it, no. there's no nudity. Uh-uh. There's I zero mean, you see- nudity. You see a, a dong towards the very end of the movie, but it's not at all in like a sexual way. Right. Yeah. Yeah. It's it's and and you see a man ass and these yeah. things. Yeah. There, there's no there's no sex to it. I see that stuff every day. It ain't no big deal. Right. I mean that's uh, the thing is you can see like you can see man ass in so many fucking movies and it's never not often presented as a sexual thing. Nah. So like. It, it, I don't know. Uh, the thing is that watching it, though, if you if you divorce it from Hellraiser as a concept entirely, it's a fine horror movie. Yeah. And, you know, maybe the fact that I don't know the original source material is helping me enjoy this flick, because I've never read the original uh, novella, short story, whatever, by Clive Barker. So I know that there's context that I'm missing here. I don't know if this is any more accurate to the source material than the original was. I just know that we we finished it a little while ago, and Mm -hmm. I I generally had a pretty fucking good time. Now, I will put out the disclaimer that, you know, we have a uh, 10-and-a-half-year-old dog that has to be let out constantly, and we had several interruptions in the movie, so it probably took us, I don't know, three-and-a-half... Actually, I had to go to the store, too, in there, because Kate was (laughs) making chili, and we ran out of cumin, so I also had to stop and go to the store. Okay, so it took us about four hours to watch this two-hour movie. Yeah. Um, so I didn't get to sit down and watch it all in one sitting. I know that, mm-hmm. you know, it, it's two hours and that's generally, that's eh, kind of long for a horror flick, but maybe the well, fact that I watched it in several yeah. like 30 minute bursts made it feel more like I marathoned a show. So yeah. the pacing the, and the length didn't really get to me. Yeah, that, that makes sense. Um, it, it is, I believe the longest Hellraiser movie by a good bit. It's gotta um, be. And... While not the most boring, um, <laughs> because for sure uh, I would put five and six in the category of most boring Hellraisers, and I don't think they get much more than 70 minutes, um, 
it, it is not the most boring Hellraiser, but there are 30 minutes here that could easily be cut and would make mm-hmm. it a faster, more punchy movie without so. really losing anything. Yeah, no, I mean, there's there's a lot of little bits that I think where you could have gotten to the same conclusion a little bit cleaner, a little bit yeah. more elegantly, and not lost any kind of character development or anything good. I think we could have got to the same end result yeah. in a little bit shorter time. I'm with you there, man. But, you know, like, as far as kind of some of the general points about the movie that a lot of people are going to care about, uh, let's start with some of the positives and stuff. I, I think that some of the gore and kills were pretty fucking sick. Yeah, yeah. I think the Cenobite designs are great. I was going to ask think, you about that, because, of course, that's what everybody's really tuning in for, is them dang old Sternobots, and, of course, mm-hmm. not having, you know, Doug Bradley as the as the Hell Priest, as Pinhead. How did you feel about that? Oh, um, you know, the thing is, like, I, I have just completed um, the, the full Hellraiser franchise. Woof. And, um, you know, I, I, uh, by the way, just in a few hours, going to be recording an episode where uh, Anna, Martin, and I uh, talk about that experience and rank the films. Bazinga. One, yeah. One of the things I will say uh, that was always consistent about the Hellraiser movies is that Doug Bradley always brought a great performance. But he's been gone. Even in a shit movie. Yeah. He's yeah, still he's sold been it, gone yeah. since the last two. Mm-hmm. Um, and the last two kind of the se- the second new pinhead was pretty good. The first he's one right. was a bad choice Oof, facially because yeah. he, he just didn't look the right way. Um, but I think yeah, I think that Jamie Clayton does a great job. He's a completely different character in a lot of ways, and I like um, that. I like that yeah, because it too. sidesteps any kind of criticism. Because I think if you put another, um, you know. Uh, aristocratic male kind of character playing Pinhead, everybody's just going to compare him to to Doug Bradley. I think that casting a female as Pinhead, it's like, cool, so let's take the comparisons off the table. It's not even worth comparing uh, her performance to Doug Bradley's. Like, I think that that's cool, and I'm completely fine with it. I thought that she had a really imposing, very menacing presence on screen. The line delivery was really cool. Cool effects on the voice. Mm. And, um, I don't know, like, what did you think about the absence of black leather, uh, kind of traditional S&M gear on the Cenobites this time? Did that bug you, or did you think that was cool? They kind of looked more alieny, a little more Power Rangery to me. Yeah, that is an issue I kind of had. I like okay. that they went their own way, uh, which kind of you know establishes a new Hellraiser going on. I like that. That was the better choice. Uh, but you're right. They look like aliens. They yeah. don't look like deformed human bodies. And maybe that's is, the point. I mean, maybe it's the point to show that these are otherworldly uh, travelers who are experiencing things that humans aren't even capable of. Like, whenever you right. put a Cenobite in black leather, it kind of grounds it in reality. Because, like, you can look at yeah. fucking, yeah, black leather trench coat and imagine what that feels like. Meanwhile... These Cenobites are essentially wearing clothes made of their own flesh. Yeah. And it's like, I can't even comprehend what that would be like. So that kind of makes them more otherworldly to me. I think I'm mm-hmm. okay with it. Uh, again, I'm okay. I'm okay with the changes they made uh, in, in regards to the Cenobites. Yeah. I, I think you you have to make... You have to do some 
drastic things while keeping something similar to appease the fans of the franchise. Sure. Um, I I think one of my major problems is you can't see them. You can't fucking see them. You know what? You A whole lot of movies and shows these days, they sure are real, real dark. The reason for this is because they're putting a filter over everything to make it easier for CGI. Right. They're not yes. lighting for makeup. I like, though, that it seems like I've been seeing more like tweets and memes and stuff that people are making about how every movie now has like unintelligible mush dialogue that goes from mm-hmm. super quiet to way too fucking loud yeah. and everything's way too fucking dark. Like, I like that people are catching on that this is a thing because it, it drives yeah. me fucking insane, dude. It's like work on your audio mix to make shit fucking intelligible and work on your lighting to make stuff visible. It drives me nuts, especially on streaming services, dude. Like, you know, here in Knoxville, we have pretty good internet, but I still have moments where stuff drops out and my internet sure. speeds aren't good. Mm-hmm. And some of those really dark scenes in movies just become just Mush. fucking unintelligible if you don't have ultra high speed streaming. It, it, yeah. The show suffers for it. And beyond that, the reason why they're doing it is to hide that it wasn't as good as they say. That I haven't too. seen any behind the scenes like clear photos of all these things. I looked up all the Cenobites. All I could find was somebody had taken a picture of all of them and upped the contrast enough that you could see all of them. Oh, and that's it, huh? So, like, I mean, I'm sure there are. Somebody send me some behind-the-scenes photos, and I'll be like, oh, I was totally wrong. But I almost guarantee they'll look not great. Because Mm. it 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 looks not great to me. They look flat in a lot of areas because they have been touched up with CGI, but not touched up well. Mm Mm-hmm. I I see what you mean, because they did have very much like a latex rubber kind of look about them. Like one Mm -hmm. thing that I always liked about the way that they did them in the black leather is the way that it glistened in the the dimly lit rooms and stuff. Cinebots are usually shown in. It glistened and it had a texture to it. And then even too, in the older movies, like the uh, areas of like flayed flesh and exposed musculature, they had a glisten to them. They looked wet, you know? Yes. And 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 these Cinebites looked very dry. Yeah. yeah, you could see the faces of the Cenobites as well. Like, even mm-hmm. when they were in the dark, they lit their faces. So you yeah. could tell what they looked like because it was like, look at the cool makeup we've put on them. Look how they scary definitely show they it are. Off. Yeah, Whereas this they were definitely is like, showing it off. Imagine how scary they are out there in the dark. <laughs> yeah, it's a fine line, you know, because we, we complain sometimes about movies that show us too much. Sure. But then there's also a level where I, I can't really tell enough. Like, if I was asked yeah. to draw any of these Cenobites from memory, Mm-mm. I'd probably have a pretty hard time. And I'd I get just the pinhead watched one. it. Yeah. <laughs> um, then there, but there aren't, like, the thing is, looking at the designs, though, I'm like, these are really cool designs. And I wish, instead of hiding them in the blue-black mush... Um, they made sure the makeup looked good, didn't do any CGI retouching on the makeup, and shot it in lights. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Like a yeah, movie. I can you know, that. like a movie. Like a movie like, does, where like you're supposed to see it. Like motion pictures did for, <laughs> I don't know, an entire, over a century until now. 
Yeah, before we decided to stop doing that instead. Yeah. <laughs> well, I will say, even though they, they did look, again, a little Power Ranger-y, uh, Kate said a little Doctor Who villain-ish to her, yes, which they I, I can totally look see. like both of those, yes. At least they weren't 100% CG. Like I, that's that's, a, that's a lame kind of invalid compliment to give something because right. pre two thousand something I, that compliment didn't even exist, you right. know. <laughs> so it's like ah, it's kind of a lame compliment. Uh, but you know, still this day and age and horror and stuff, it's at least cool to see that they went practical yeah. for um, the look of the Cenobites themselves. Yeah. So I'm not I'm not gonna say it's all bad. It's different for sure. It's gonna take some kind of getting used to, you know. The story itself d- just isn't grimy enough. It's mm. not Hellraiser. It's I kind of story- even get the impression that like the the kind of angle of our main character, and this isn't really spoilers or anything. You right. find it out as soon as you start the movie. Even the detail of our character being this like recovering addict. Mm-hmm. I feel like that was just kind of tacked on to make it seem grimier. Yep. Uh, which is kind of recovering addict shaming, and it also yep. doesn't add anything to the story. Nope. It's like just because just because you've done a drug doesn't mean you're scummy, dude. Like not at all. No. Yeah. So this is it's like it didn't to be add to it. A world of people who are seeking out this box who want these experiences and this is a movie about people who have to stay away from a box because it's forcing experiences on them okay yeah i can see that all right yeah (laughs) i just don't like and at a certain point there really it really is the movie sets up like you know just just throw it away just get rid of it and Maybe like, that. Wait, is that an option in this movie? <laughs> because if that's Quit an option, with it. <laughs> the whole movie's really bad. <laughs> you know, at the end of the day, yeah, just fucking throw it in the wood chipper, call it a day. If that uh, was an option, like, like Mount the Doom. movie presents it as an option. The movie presents it like there's there's no like reason why it wouldn't have worked. It's just somebody says to do it, she doesn't do it, and then later she's like, I should have done that. Mm. Okay. Well, maybe that's yeah. what we're supposed to be getting is like, you know, the, the nature of an addict. It's like, I know I should put it down, but I just mm. can't. Okay. Okay. Changes the but entirety of my understanding of Hellraiser, but it, it yeah, does. Yeah, right. It is real fun to just circle back and focus on uh, people who are in pain rather than people seeking out pain. Hmm. Yeah. <laughs> All right. I'm, I'm, I, that's slash s. That's sarcasm. You can do that in literally any other movie title. Why are we doing that in Hellraiser? This is about people who want suffering and pain, seek it out, and then get it. Mm-hmm. I get that, man. What did you think about our our main cast of characters, acting, dialogue, yada yada? Um, acting, I, I liked. Uh, obviously, uh, uh, as I said, Jamie Clayton as as the pinhead priest is great i think odessa uh as Azion, i think is she's uh, pamela adlon's daughter uh i think she's great um yeah. uh the guys are all i don't know there's one mishmash to me i don't know who's who except for the the evil guy yeah <laughs> and the evil guy um not great i think he's not good at all honestly okay yeah yeah what about you I think it's okay. I think it's yeah. all right. Like, I, there was some moments in there where I was like, some of this dialogue feels a little questionable. Some of the dialogue feels kind of unnatural. But of course, right. 
I mean, dude, I could make the same complaints about the first Hellraiser, and I'm saying yes. that one's the best. It's like there's yeah. so much dialogue in that that has this weird, it's dreamy, a soap unrealistic, opera. Yeah, yeah, soap opera kind mm-hmm. of feel. It's me, I'm Brother Frank. Yep. <laughs> Come to Daddy. Like, mm-hmm. there's a lot of stuff in there that's very yeah. questionable too, and I give it a free pass. So I'm, I'm sure. kind of like, why am I complaining about this? But there well, was some dialogue in there that I felt like it was choice. Yeah, that's, that's a the choice. Thing. Yeah. Whereas this is poor. You have done badly. Like, uh, like the writing isn't great, and mm. the delivery isn't great. <laughs> like, it, it wasn't intentional, I don't think. Yeah, whereas like in the original Hellraiser, you feel like that was more of a, a choice. Right, yeah, like he it wanted it to have that sort of like soap opera feel, especially the, the flashbacks have that real soap opera feel, like that's her memory of things. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I get that, man. Um, I do like how we got more of the character of the box itself. Again, I don't I don't know the source material, yeah. but I loved how it showed us different configurations of the box and how it was this kind of long-form ritual. Yes, because it's always been called the Lament configuration, and its main configuration is cube. Yeah. <laughs> so, yeah, it is nice that they finally, like... But they have... Some of those have been shown in sequels. Like, I mean, we saw it in part four... That he he like made it into a different shape or whatever was that for? I don't remember. I don't remember. No. Yeah, but it's it's been done in some of the sequels and stuff too. And like, yeah, some of the stuff they added new themselves. I liked all that. I liked all the new lore. I liked the idea that there was like something more there, and that some people seek out that information, uh, whereas others just seek out the box and don't really care at all about mm-hmm. what it does is like a, a full uh, configuration. Yeah. I thought that that was pretty neat, man. And, and also, too, like just the design of the box itself, it seemed to have like some real weight to it. It seemed to have a lot of mechanics and stuff inside. I feel like that's something we haven't really gotten before. And I kind of like the idea that whenever you you know solve it, this blade comes out and marks, marks you, you, and the box yeah. takes mm-hmm. the blood. Like, I think that, I mean, it's very literally a box cutter. <laughs> <laughs> It is. I think that that's kind of cool, you know. Yeah, yeah, I think that's cool. I, yeah, there's like, there's there's good things they brought to this that I think, um, you know, obviously they're looking to start a new Hellraiser franchise. Like definitely, especially with the obviously. ending for sure. Yeah, especially with the ending. They're looking. I'd watch to, more. I wouldn't. Okay. Yeah. Honestly, like after watching ten. Hellraisers, and then watching this one, I had enough. I don't. Well, I was gonna like, say, yeah, this is probably a pretty bad time to be asking you if you would like a thirteenth helping. <laughs> <laughs> well, the thing is that this just isn't good enough for me to want more. It's Word. not okay. like I didn't watch this because, like, the the director of this directed the Ritual and the Night House, two movies that I was good. like, oh, solid. Um, I have not watched them again. But I like. I haven't them when either. I now that you them. mention it, yeah. yeah. Yeah, the writers of this uh, wrote the Night House again. Uh, also wrote Super Dark Times, which I uh, talked about on the podcast. is is great. Uh, very depressing. I won't watch it again anytime soon. But that's only because it's so effective at what it's me- meant to do. Hmm. These that's guys are the why... kings of the one watchers, huh? Right. Well, but what I'm saying is that's why when looking at this, I'm looking at it even more askance. Because I know these are good writers, and I know this is a good director, and I don't think this is written extremely well, and I think it seems clear that 
aside from maybe getting to determine all his shots and stuff, uh, if the director made all these choices, he made a lot of bad choices, but I bet it's the production company. I bet a Hmm. lot of this was rushed. I guarantee they put that big blue filter over everything and they were like, yeah, 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 we're going to, re- we're just going to, it'll look better afterwards. And then they were like, yeah, we're not paying to make it look better afterwards. Mm. Um, mm-hmm. I-, I feel like this, because didn't Disney kind of inherit this? Wasn't this kind of so, planned? Yeah. And then Disney bought the company and they kind of inherited this project. I feel like they just wanted it done. And mm, there was another project we talked about that recently. It was like the, the black phone where it was just like, yeah. oh, Disney bought it. Whatever. Just put it out. Yeah, whatever. It's fine. Yeah. Well, no, the black phone was one that was pushed off because the test audiences did well. But I know we, there was one we did recently that was like, yeah, that. the thing is that, yeah, this is this is distributed by Disney, which makes me think, is that why there's not really any sex in it? Hmm. Um, and that, also, mouse don't, that mouse don't fuck, huh? Yeah. We know for also, a fact that mice fuck. <laughs> they do. There's yeah, a lot but, of them. But also, were they rushed? Were they forced to cut corners? Is that why the final product is just, to me, fine? Mm-hmm. Not to say this is a terrible movie. I am. Uh, I I'll say it's a fine horror movie. Too long for a horror movie that doesn't have constant action, but it certainly has um, a lot of interesting elements to it. But mm-hmm. you know. As far as a non-spoiler review, I would say worth a watch. Uh, don't let me shit on your parade. <laughs> I mean, for me, I'll, I'll say that I'll, I'll say definitely watch it, and that yeah. I I enjoyed it. I mean, maybe it's because it has been so long since I've watched through Hellraiser. all the Hellraiser movies. Yeah, I mean, we just did part uh, four, four on the show. Yeah. Like, it's a definitely week or better so than ago. that. Yeah, yeah, and, and I mean, other than that, it's like I watched part one a couple weeks ago, mm. and I watched three a year ago whenever we did it. Also, I did, probably better than that one. Yeah, <laughs> I watched yeah. two. I mean, what has that been? Two or three years ago when yeah. we did that one. So my Hellraiser intake has been a lot lower than yours recently. Yeah, so you, you, you've got a fresh, like maybe un un uh, tainted perspective on it (laughs) maybe you know because like i know that whenever i've been like out on the road or on tour for a while and it's nothing but you know either pizza or barbecue at every venue you just don't want that for a long time yeah even if you serve me the best one i would be like i'm just fucking over this shit you know so i'm a little bit starved for some hell raisins so i'm gonna Uh say i thought it raised hell pretty damn good biggest complaints would be yeah maybe some of the length could be shaved down a little bit cleaner uh, a little bit more visibility wouldn't be a bad thing, and a little, little more realistic dialogue in some of those parts I think would have benefited a bit. But otherwise, I don't have a ton of complaints on a first watch. Uh, I even love that they use so much of Christopher Young's original score and oh, some yeah. variations that on that. That was good. That was a I good love choice. That. Yeah, yeah. And the aesthetic of a lot of the movie I think is cool. I think a lot of the sets and the way they sort of incorporated the almost art deco geometric black and gold mm-hmm. designs of the box into some of the architecture like the, the yeah. steel cage around the house and even yeah, the, the house even looks like a box itself yeah, yeah. dude mm-hmm. and even like the way they did some of the like rubik's cube like walls yeah uh where it sets would transform that scene in the van where it transformed and shit like that's pretty dope to me so thought there's some creative stuff in there i i liked it man 
Again, maybe I need to watch it a second time. I'm sure that I do, and uninterrupted would be good. But yeah. first impressions uh, exceeded expectations for me, honestly. All right. Beyond here, be spoiler. Spoilers. Yeah. He's gonna spoil it. And again, there's not spoil necially a ton of like right. super spoilery <laughs> stuff that we can do for you here, but you know, this will this will kind of reveal a lot of the stuff about the movie. So proceed with Kalshan. So yeah. earlier, before we started recording this, I sent you the music video for Mashuga's Bleed. Did you get uh-huh. to watch that by chance? I did. Did you see what I mean as far as saying some of the stuff in this movie reminds me of the Mashuga Bleed video? I <laughs> I should have said something to you before. No, it looks like Mashuga uh, took a lot from Hellraiser. Yeah, exactly. And then this kind of feels like, like especially that very end scene whenever we see... Um, What's his name? Voight getting transformed. Right, yeah, yeah. Oh, it okay. reminded I me see a what lot. You're okay. Yeah, where it had this uh-huh. like weird white, blue, grainy filter, and the bald headed guy with the crazy looking eyes. It's like, man, this looks a lot like the bleed video. I thought that ending was pretty sick. Where dude gets it is transformed. Sick. Yeah. yeah, it is sick. Uh, yeah, the the way that they yeah create this new Cenobite, and he's really earned it, which is something we talked about with like how the the first two movies kind of set up this idea of, you know, you have to go out of your way to get tortured by these people and go out, out of your way even further to become a Cenobite. Whereas part three started the, well, you know, maybe Pinhead just runs into you at a club and turns you into one. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Press um, gang your ass into being right. a Sterno bot. Yeah. But, uh, yeah, th- this does a good job of being like, no, 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 you, you gotta go well out of your way. You gotta be a real fucking piece of shit for the Cenobites to be like, yeah, actually, you could be one of us. Um, And then that scene is just kind of, yeah, it's a good culmination of, you know, it kind of is like maybe the first, what I would say is a happy ending to a Hellraiser movie. Hmm. Like, (laughs) it's not exactly happy for the guy it's happening to, but he's the villain. So they're punishing the villain and the, good people kind of get away i mean that happens with ashley at the end of the first one but there's the implication that you know what the fuck just happened um because of the the box getting picked up by that weird demon thing or whatever oh wang damon yeah um yeah this this really just seems to have like a happy ending where it's like okay the end bad guy cinnabite and that's, but also um, too, I mean, he's been promised bad. power, so like maybe he yeah. is like mm-hmm. ultra powerful now, and that's what we're right. going to see in the next installment. For is sure, what I, yeah. What I yeah. foresee happening, dude. Whenever it showed him like kind of getting getting all peeled up and stuff, there it just reminded me of like that shit that happens whenever you have that one loose little piece of skin at the edge of a ah! fingernail, and it just rips. You know, the black swan ah! thing, basically. It was like yeah. that, but way more punishing. <laughs> yeah, I was it squirming, also dude. was like full CGI, right? Let's I thought go. it looked okay. Like, it looked so weird and trippy with that kind of grainy, like, angelic light going all over everything uh-huh. that I was kind of okay with it. Again, maybe because I like that Mashuga video. <laughs> maybe. Maybe so. Um, I Yeah, I think that, like, because, like, earlier he has that, like, machine inside of him that's just, like, <laughs> fucking up his nerves or whatever. Dude, whatever Kate saw that, she went straight to Key and Peel, and she's like, oh, Voight is steampunk now. <laughs> I was like, oh my god, yeah, he's steampunk now. He is he's full on steampunk. He's steampunk now, and and that that device was cool. It, it had like because it was like weird. It didn't 
I don't know. Like I liked how sort of they didn't try to make it look like something other than a mechanical device for torture. Yeah. Like, it doesn't look stylish and cool. It and looks it like something the Cenobites <laughs> would use. Yeah. And it sucks. It just fucking fucks your nerves up. Like his whole explanation but, where he's like, I asked the Cenobites for sensation, but I, I don't really like their taste very much. I think we like yeah. different stuff. It's like, yeah, no shit. <laughs> yeah. Um, but then when it come when they pull it out, the CGI of his spine repairing and stuff is so bad, I think. Okay. It looks here's, like shit. Here's the thing, and I'll send you the link to it later. Yeah. It's a practical effect. Is it? Yeah. I thought it was kind of neat. Maybe because I knew watching it that this is really happening. Maybe if maybe if I saw it with a more objective eye, I would just be like, "Oh, it's CG and it looks kind of kind of weird." But I was just happy to see that and be like, "Oh, this is cool." I saw like on an Instagram thing how they made this. Hmm. Um, maybe they did put a little sheen of CG over it at the end. But the the raw footage that I saw of the actual mechanic was pretty cool. It almost looked like the the spinal columns were like magnetically fusing back together and they filmed it in mm. reverse or something, which is kind of a, a call back to that melted guy in the first yeah. one sort of yeah, yeah. you know. Yeah, I like the idea. Like conceptually I liked it, but yeah, when I saw it I was like, that just doesn't look right. Mm-hmm. I, I don't know, like man, I I don't know what it is because we we watch 80s and 90s movies all the time for this show, for the screaming chat and everything, and I, I really don't know what it is, but bad acting didn't used to be as bad as it is now. Bad CG or uh, bad uh, practical effects didn't look as bad as bad practical effects look now. I don't understand, like, is it just film? Is it the fact that digital catches so much that you can't hide as much? Could be something to that. There could no, be. I mean, it, it could be a case of the olds yeah. as well. Things are better when I was young. <laughs> I don't think so in this case because, like, if I, I mean, I'm not. Uh, I'm. I'm. I'm not saying that there aren't terrible '80s and '90s practical effects, but largely they were better. Largely it's they true. looked better, and it, I. I really don't know if it's like. Directors don't know how to shoot them anymore. Makeup effects guys don't have as much input as they used to, maybe. I don't know. You know what? I think I can sum it up really easily for you here. I think what you're trying to say here is special effects was a lot better before Biden. Mm Mm-hmm. Think about it. Before Biden. There was the Mm -hmm. whole 2000s as well. (laughs) 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 <laughs> that's not a, that's not even a fun so you're, uh, you're saying joke <laughs> before obama hmm you know what i'm saying before obama um, hmm? when did he come in office <laughs> no because fucking the worst practical effects are for sure from the clinton through the the bush eras right those are the worst goddamn clinton i'll tell you did. what after taft yeah. special effects in movies just went to hell <laughs> tell you that william howard taft was sitting in his big ass <laughs> bathtub like what the fuck is this shit what's a special effect <laughs> <laughs> things was different man i'll tell you one change about the cenobites that i'm i'm not really sure about right now is that they were they're almost a lot more gin like like it's very much yeah. a monkey's paw sort of yeah. thing where it's like i know the gifts you're giving me are a trick it's like this guy wanted sensation. Cool, you get your nervous system pulled through fucking gears at our whims. 
Uh, yeah. If she would have chosen the resurrection thing, God knows what would have happened there. Uh, the Cenobites, and again, I don't know the source material, but I get the impression that they are there to give you the, the, the furthest reaches of experience for those that are seeking it. Yeah. Um, not necessarily to be like, oh, you want power? Tricked you. <laughs> yeah. This is just a completely different horror movie and shouldn't be named Hellraiser. It could have been a magic lamp for all I care. Like, it could have just been like, we found a fucking magic crystal that makes these things appear, and if you sacrifice six people to it, it grants you a wish. This could have been a not Hellraiser movie. Yep. And it it would have been fine, honestly. Yeah, nobody. Now that I think about it, it would have been totally fine if this is just something new. You'd be like, oh, that's cool. It's like kind of like the Cenobites, except they're tricksters and shit. Like,. That would have been fine. Probably would have also gotten people off their back from doing what we're doing and being like, yeah, but the Cenobites don't really do that. Yeah, it, it's definitely. Well, the thing is, like, it, it's not even worth comparing it to the Hellbound Heart because, like, I mean, honestly, like, the, the source material, the Hellbound Heart, is a, is a novella that it sets up the the... Le Marchand configuration, the Cenobites, all that stuff, but it it's about it's about Frank Cotton and like this is this is not any closer to the original source material. Now people okay. were using the source material to defend uh hiring a woman to be Pinhead, um, which makes all the sense in the world because in the in the Hellbound Heart, he's you know, Pinhead, I say he Pinhead is described as, uh, you know, kind of uh, hard to describe as a sex. Kind of, you know, uh, angelic. The voice is like, yeah, yeah, yeah. The voice is like high and not not like demonic necessarily. And the description could lead you to believe this is male, female, or, you know, no gender at all. Yeah. Um, So to, to have Jamie Clayton playing Pinhead isn't really going against the spirit of the original the thing is that the original it goes against the spirit of the original in every other sense though Mm, like okay the the way that uh, you're saying it's like they're genies it's like a monkey's paw it's like they you know you up accidentally made a wish for something nice and they gave you the bad thing take that um (laughs) that'll teach you something i don't know uh, yeah something somebody learned something uh, yeah, so it, it kind of goes against the spirit and definitely goes against the spirit by not being full of sex. Like, that just goes yeah. against the spirit of Clive Barker as an individual. I mean, there's some boning in here, but it's pretty traditional bones. It's very, yeah, it's very tame. Like, <laughs> and then they, like, I don't know, man. I, I feel like they did some stuff that some people are going to applaud as like, oh, progressive, like showing a gay couple just in bed. And it's like, Clive Barker would have just written a chapter of them fucking graphically. Like, oh, yeah. What do you mean? It's just two guys laying in bed. There's nothing to even, like, cheer there. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Well, and, and I'll totally play devil's advocate here and say that, okay, like, even as far as the, the lack of kind of traditional BDSM-looking gear on these Cenobites, uh-huh. You could say that that's maybe a good thing for trying to say that people that are regular practitioners of BDSM aren't fucking deranged sex demons. They're not perverts or deviants in any way. This is just some things that people do. Uh, maybe yeah. it's maybe it's good for that. But that 
yeah. That goes you know, against the original spirit because the original right. spirit is no, no, no. These are just they have just sought these experiences and gained them. And if you also want them, you can have them. So it's kind of like, like, what do you want? Source material or a new statement entirely? Which one is it that you're after here? Yeah. Well, what I'm saying is if the new statement would be misinterpreting the original statement. Right, right. Yeah, the new statement is like, well, it's like a lot of younger people's uh, media literacy issues. Actually, everybody's media literacy issues where they're just not getting that, you know, putting uh, BDSM gear on a villain doesn't make... BDSM negative or bad. Right. Right. And right, in fact, right. Yes. the thing is, Pinhead's not supposed to be a fucking villain. <laughs> like, no. God damn it. I just Which, don't again, understand. the trickster thing kind of makes it baddie. The like. villain, yes. They're the villains now. They're not just there. They are villainous. Mm hmm. Which is exactly like all the. I, like, I'm not even saying any of the other Hellraisers, aside from the first two, do that. Uh, but that is. That is the concept. That is the idea. And if you're trying to reboot the franchise and your reboot is, well, let's kick out all the good ideas and I guess infuse it with Wishmaster ideas. like Kind of Wishmaster. Yeah, that, yeah. that is kind of how that feels. Yeah. Yeah. So, yeah, I mean, I, I, would, I would think maybe that maybe the writers thought that. Like, oh, we'll take them out of the BDSM gear to, you know, not cast a negative light on the BDSM community because we are making them full villains. Yeah. So yeah, I guess that would, that makes sense. It's just like, but it doesn't make any sort of statement. It makes a non-statement by simply taking them out of the BDSM gear. It's like a contextual statement that literally would only make sense to people who are fans of the previous franchise where yeah. somebody just sitting down to watch this would be like, I have no association with BDSM here. Well, I mean, also too, it's, it's kind of like that might impress people who are probably too conservative to watch this movie anyway. Exactly. Yes. Like, message to Just like, <laughs> fucking bring them. In. That's the thing though, that I always like about the Cenobites. And I think you said it well, like, that the BDSM gear attaches them to the, to the world, and yeah. that's what I like about it. Is sure. that it's like, oh my god, like these are these are people who have sought this out. They wanted this pain. They wanted this torture. Yeah, yeah. And that to me is like far more frightening than an alien race of people who just like to trick humans. Yeah. Totally. I, I agree with that as well. Yeah. Especially but, when you get those reveals that, like, yeah, Chatterer was like a little boy the whole time. Yeah. And shit. It's like, like wait, what? That's a what fucked the up fuck little now? kid. Yeah. 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 That kid is weird, dude. Somebody said it in because we watched this on a Jack of All Graves watch along on Saturday, oh, and somebody pointed out in the chat that this is essentially a 13 Ghosts movie. Oh. It's very much a 13 Ghosts movie, in fact. It's about a guy who uh, has a big house that he's trying to use to basically Trap. contain all these things. What the fuck? That is 13 Ghosts. Right, and the house is even kind of 13 Ghosts-y, except it's not glass everywhere. Um, and then, like, you've got the guy who's secretly working for him. Uh-huh. Yeah, it's... 
it, it is so 13 ghosts i had like, not why didn't you just remake that. 13 ghosts if that's what you wanted dude it really is pretty similar when you look at it yeah. <laughs> <laughs> huh Okay, and that's see, that, that kind of cheapens things a little for me. Yeah, those are two things I'd never connected, Hellraiser and 13 Ghosts, though there are connections because the house itself is essentially a Le Marchand configuration. Um, but the way that they've basically just been like, yeah, we'll just lean more into 13 Ghosts because it's a little sillier. Um, hmm. I, I think so much of this is just obviously influenced by the fact this is going to be distributed by Disney. Hmm, and okay. they just had to make it so that it was like clear villains and clear, you know, clearer, like, you know, this is the way to avoid being Hellraisered or whatever. <laughs> and, and I just don't need that. Like, that's the thing about Hellraiser that was always interesting is that it doesn't baby you. Mm-hmm. It doesn't. Yeah. It doesn't give you, you know, clear, good and evil so much it shows people very easily like swayed over to the evil side and people you know who uh much like uh you know christy and her dad are just victims in the way like they're not on any sort of side they're just victims in the the like game that the hellraisers and humans play yeah sure hellraiser cinnabites them <laughs> dang old hail raisers, <laughs> beer, dang old hell beer raisers. drinkers and hail raisers, what yeah. they are. Tell you what, but this has. I think it just has too many characters to root for, right? Like we don't have a an Ashley Lawrence character. Uh, what's her name? K- K- Kirsty, Christy, whichever. I always fuck uh, it up. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> uh, we yeah, don't our, ma- our main character that- he isn't necessarily like a bad scummy cigarette human like a lot of right. other Hellraiser main characters are but you also never really get to see her do enough good to really root, root for her yeah. maybe you feel a little sympathetic towards her because she's exactly. an addict who's trying to get her life back on the rails and yeah and all this maybe you feel a little sympathy towards her but there's not necessarily a ton to latch on and be like oh this is a good person I like this person I'm gonna root for them to beat the baddies yeah, it's it, it's real weird as a vibe for a horror movie because, like, it does keep the sort of Hellraiser thing going where it's, like, trying to be in a darker world and trying to show us some more gray characters. Those are, of course, the, the later sequels that are like that. Uh, but it doesn't do what the earlier sequels do of having, like, a clear, you know, this is just a person caught up in this mix trying to you know just get away from it like (laughs) i i i really do wish that maybe you know because i think maybe they held back because she's a former drug addict they held back from just making her also a good person Hmm. like you can do weirdly conservative yeah yeah, you can absolutely do that. She can be a drug, a former drug addict, but also be this sweet person who cares about everybody around her. Like, you don't have to have just a morally gray person, which is, I don't know, man. It just seems like to me, and, and this is, I think, in just a huge flaw with the Hellraiser, like, franchise as a whole, is that it started out with a clear mission statement. And then it never went back to that mission statement. It just yeah, changed totally. everything constantly. Nothing stayed 
in any way like tonally the same or everything's all over the place so whenever a new sequel comes out it's like the person who makes that sequel looks back on all those movies and tries to pull one single thread to be like okay this is the one we'll stick with and then when everybody watches it everybody has their own conception of the hellraiser franchise and it's like you're gonna catch some people you're gonna lose some others Sure, yeah, because it's been all over the map the whole time. It's Yeah, it's so everywhere. That, like, yeah. this is the best I think they could have done considering the circumstances of being a direct-to-Hulu distributed by Disney Hellraiser movie that is trying to start a new franchise. This is probably one of the, one of the better ways to do that in in the full context, but... I don't like that. I don't I it loses the things that I like. It loses the sex. It loses the the grimness, the darkness, the idea of uh, unfortunate innocent people caught up in someone else's game with these, you know, cinnabite priests. Yeah. That is all the stuff I loved about Hellraiser and this just kind of leaves all that behind for new Wishmaster franchise with really cool designs and fun, interesting lore, but I just don't care about it. The 13 ghost thing is really kind of throwing me off. Like that's kind of <laughs> in my head now, honestly, it's kind of got in my crawl, you know? <laughs> no, nah, I mean, honestly, it, it's a great point though. Um, I'm with you. Those are also my favorite things about like the original Hellraiser. And I, yeah. I do miss those elements here. I feel like those are things that, I mean, it's not like they've been explored to death in the sequels, God knows. No. Like, we've not had any of that shit since part two and damn, what, 1989 right. or 90, yeah, whenever that came out? around there, uh-huh. So it's like, it's not like you can even be like, oh, they're not doing that because that they're just beating a dead horse. It's like, no, that'd be a pretty lively horse. That horse has yeah. some giddy up to it if it's you beat on it a little bit. People just don't get to a lot. And yeah, exactly, man. We need more of that horse. <laughs> I will say, though, I, I am glad that they didn't just, you know, bathe this thing in fan service. Like, yeah. th- there wasn't a character that said, come to daddy in it, for example. Oh, that would have been terrible. Yeah. There were a few key lines. I mean, they had to have, you know, Pinhead say, we have such sites to show you. Of course, yeah. Um, there's a few few lifted lines like that, but I thought that they were pretty on the nose as far as like oh yeah that was the right thing to say at that moment anyway i right. didn't feel like like for example like whenever in uh hellraiser 2018 when jamie lee curtis is coming unglued and she's like i saw him <laughs> the shape and it's like the nobody shape. would nobody would fucking say the shape you'd say <laughs> or in predators Myers, when they Mike. have that kid go by in the background wearing the jean-claude van damme set uh predator costume and it's like <laughs> aha i know what that is how does that kid yeah Right. How does she like, know what? he's called The Shape? Did she see the credits of the first film? Totally, right? Like, that makes yeah. zero sense. So, I like that they didn't go totally fan servicey on this. I thought that all the little touches that were there, if you're looking for them, you know, they were there, and it's like, oh, yeah, cool. That seems like a pretty logical thing to say at that time. So, yeah. I appreciate that about, again, an, an anti-compliment. It's just kind of like, oh, cool, you didn't shit the bed. Way to go. Yeah, you that's know? kind of what I think is... is at the the like underneath everybody really not everybody but a lot of people really enjoying this is fuck it's better than so much other hellraiser stuff it yeah. is just a better motion picture 
it is a better film because it it you know does things that make sense and and are you know interesting and generally well acted and stuff whereas so many of the hellraisers just don't have that and there's nothing to nothing to really grab onto to say this is like the good part of it whereas with this there are a lot of things to say are the good part of it yeah I think it is in my top three Hellraisers for me. I think that one, two, and this one, I think that would be my mm. top three Hellraisers. Not even to say that this is like, wow, it's so much better than the other ones that I hate yeah. that I'll never watch again. It's like, it's a low bar, but I still do think this is the best one since part two. Yeah, I'm still I'm still like contemplating my rankings. Yeah. Uh, and I will be talking about them in a few hours. But I, I really do think that like, the thing about the Hellraiser franchise is you have to temper your your expectations of what being the best Hellraiser movie means. Right. <laughs> <laughs> so, like, to say this one is, is your third best one is like, yeah, I, I mean, that's probably about where I would put it, but also, uh, that doesn't mean much. I mean, dude, rate your top three colonoscopies. Like, which one was the best, you know? <laughs> Which one was the third best? It's like, well, uh, yeah, that's kind of, that's kind of exactly <laughs> it. It's just like there's not, man, there's just not a ton to love. And this, he got rid of the stuff I love, I guess, about the Hellraiser movies, but it did do so many things well and right. So. I guess I definitely will watch whatever Hellraiser sequel comes out next year. I almost guarantee they'll announce it. Sure, um, yeah. I, I guess I will watch it. And when I do watch it, um, I probably... I, the, the feeling I have watching every Hellraiser movie is, ah, I'm doing this now. This thing again. Yep. <laughs> yeah. I, I liked it. Like Overall, I, I gotta say, I'm pleasantly surprised... Uh, by what I got out of it, I had such low expectations, and it probably helped that we just did, you know, Hellraiser four there the other week. Yeah, I was like, oh man, this series mm-hmm. is just terrible. Like, this is way better than fucking part yep. four. So, yeah, it, it helped me that I think that was the last taste of Hellraiser that I had. I had a pretty good time. I, I will say I'll watch it again for sure. Maybe I'll be a little bit more cynical about it next time and find more stuff to dislike. But I was. I was pleasantly surprised. I'm glad to have had this come out during the Halloween season and have been able yeah. to mm-hmm. watch it on my couch and be a little bit pleasantly surprised by the fact that it wasn't an absolute pile of shit like the Hellraisers we've been fed for the past 30 fucking years. Absolutely. And you're right, man. This is like hitting this early October. It's been such a great year for horror. Like, I think um, it makes sense that watching this just makes people optimistic i love yeah. that about it uh you know because there, there's just a lot of great stuff coming out now and then like some stuff coming out that's not fully great but if it had come out in a different year i'd probably mm-hmm. like it more and i would say this is possibly one of those where we've watched so many great 2022 movies i mean just in the past a month and a half i think we've had like five 2022 episodes so like, yeah we we've watched so many great 2022 movies that i just feel like this to me not a disappointment but it just doesn't reach the level that i'm everything else has been at this year that I, I i probably am being more cynical because of that 
It's been a like good year for horror. Yeah, we've yeah, been it's not fed X, a lot of good stuff. It's not Pearl. It's not Nope. <laughs> it's not any of those. But it's it's fine. Yeah, I'm with you, man. I'm with you. Um, I look forward to hearing what you guys think about this one. Do you have any more things you want to point out about the flick, Steve? Nah. No. I think I've said, uh, I said about everything I can out. say for a once view, you know? Yeah, for sure. Uh, look forward to hearing what you guys think about it over on our Facebook group. Be sure to hang out with us there as well as our Instagram feed. You can find all of our, our social media pages on our Linktree page. It's Linktree, Dead and Lovely. Just give it a search. You'll find it yep. and uh, catch up with us there. Let us know what you think about that one. If you enjoyed this mini-sode, be sure to tune in for some maxi-sodes, some full length yeah. there for you. They're long uh-huh. and strong and guaranteed to get the friction on so that's what they be do. sure to check those out and uh, rate and review on apple Podcasts, spotify and support us on patreon yeah patreon.com forward slash dead and lovely head on over there become a patron you'll get to hear that uh hellraiser ranking episode uh, that uh, anna martin and i are doing and then um uh, also you can submit if you become a five dollar patron you get to submit a movie to the smoking bowl and then we draw from that smoking bowl and we cover the movie that we draw from that smoking bowl it's a delight we have such bowls to smoke you. <laughs> Had to sneak it in there somewhere, right? Yeah, for sure. <laughs> well, thank you guys so much for tuning in. I've been Uncle Ben. I've been Hollywood Steve. And we've been dead and lovely. Bye.